Hello and welcome. Rapid growth for your franchise group, how the Franchise Council of Australia can help you. That's the theme for today. Um, business everywhere is talking about optimising growth. Disruption is rampant, change is essential. Um, this is an eye-opening and frank conversation with the person that leads the Franchise Council of Australia, helping us explore ways that businesses can grow and franchises continue to improve. It's a huge area with massive opportunities in this country, so I'm delighted to say I've managed to get Damien Paul here today, the CEO of the Franchise Council of Australia. Um, got a few questions we're going to run through together. Damien has only recently joined the FCA. Um, he's got a tremendous uh, and diverse background. He's included in this list of, uh, of his experiences teaching, law enforcement, working as a regulator, working in small and large business. So he's a man of no, no limited means with his experience across the board. Also an award-winning photographer. Damien, lovely to see you here today. Thanks, and, Brian. And welcome, great to see you. So anything I've missed out on your bio there you'd like to add? <laughs> no, it's a, I get a bit embarrassed when we read it out, but no, that's a fairly good summary. I, I love diversity and I think it's essential these days. So you certainly bring a lot of rounded experience, which yeah, for a professional, you business body I think really is essential. Yeah. Um, I'll run through a few questions so maybe you can tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get to the Franchise Council of Australia? Um, look it's been a long journey I guess and you mentioned my, my past career. Um, more recently I've been CEO of um, two different entities so one was a self-regulatory function dealing with um, I guess standards and professional standards in the banking sector um, and ran that for a number of years and did, made some, some significant changes about how that operated and that attracted some attention in the banking world and I was asked to um, get involved with the startup uh, industry association which was really responsible for changing the way um, they would share information between competitors so we're talking about credit reporting. Um, I was there for about five years I had a pretty clear agenda, it achieved everything that the board had asked me to achieve within that five year time and in my mind at that point it was either stay there for the next part of the journey or allow somebody else to come in and to continue to grow the organisation whilst I was looking for new challenges. Um, I'd been involved in small business historically um, so I looked after the small business program at ASIC when I was working as a regulator mm -hmm. um, and, and looking at some of the issues around failures in small businesses and educating directors um, and for you know I guess one of my interests which we haven't mentioned is diving and I used to look, look after a dive shop in Victoria every Saturday and Sunday for four or five years. So whilst I didn't have any skin in the game, I saw the impact that change had on, on the proprietor of that business. And eventually he ended up selling out because of things that occurred. But so when the opportunity to get involved in franchising um, and the Franchise Council came about, um, I could see plenty of opportunity and lots of scope for me to actually have an impact. Right, excellent. Well, certainly bring it to the table and I'm sure all that knowledge is going to be swallowed, absorbed and, uh, and enjoyed here because I think the FCA has got a lot of membership that are, are a sponge. They can really absorb that yeah. and that's what we hope to encourage. So what's the future pan plans for the FCA as it stands at the moment looking to Look, the towards? We've just come to the end of, of our three-year strategic plan. Um, and um, we're currently working uh, with the board to start to identify what is the future for the FCA. Um, if, if I could sort of encapsulate the conversations that I've been having as I've been moving around and speaking to the members, um, there seems to be three core 
um, areas that our members are focused on. Um, and the first one I would say is advocacy. And I would describe that as not only letting government know uh, what's important for franchising and how we can deregulate the, the areas for small business and make things easier for them, um, but also the community. Um, I don't think people actually understand what franchising is all about. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, when I started, my sort of level of knowledge of franchising was quite um, limited. And it's only when you scratch the surface you realise how pervasive franchising is in our economy, in the way that we transact with people in the local communities. Um, and I think there's a real opportunity there to educate the broader public that when you're dealing with a franchise, you're not dealing with a corporate entity. More often than not, you're dealing with a local mum and dad business that's invested in the community. And I think if we can get that message across more broadly, that makes our life easier and makes it easier for government to have a better understanding about the impact, the broad impact of franchising. Um, so that sort of championing franchising as a way of doing business is the sort of the advocacy lens that I would use. Um, I think the second piece, and what I've observed, is that, that franchising has this amazing, or the community of franchising, let's put it that way, mm. has this amazing ability to share information with each other. Um, you know, coming out of the banking sector where there's quite sort of strict boundaries around what you will and won't share and there's quite a tough competitive edge and everyone's looking for that, that uh, point of differentiation. What I've noticed when franchisors get together is that they are prepared to help each other. And I would sort of craft that as a real sense of community. And I think that's the piece that we need to look at and amplify. We need to create opportunities for franchisors and, and, and franchisees and potentially people who are working in the franchise sector um, to come together to form that sense of community and to share experiences. And if we refer back to your introduction, you know, what can the FCA do to help? I think our role is actually to create those opportunities. Um, the, the magic is when you get them in the room and they're talking to each other and they're sharing stories and information. Um, and so it's, it's really not the FCA. All we're trying to do is create an environment where those people can come together safely and have those conversations and learn. Um, and so I would call that community and we need to do, uh, I think, think about how we communicate with our, our members and become, I would say, more member focused. You know, members are the lifeblood of the FCA. Um, we have to be focused on their needs um, deliver what they expect uh, of an organisation. They're, they're paying us to, to steward the industry. Um, so I think that's the, the challenges we've got before us. Um, and I think the last piece is education. And, and look, as a mm. former teacher, and I've done, an, you know, I've been involved in te teaching education through my sort of careers with um, compliance and the banks and those sorts of things. And I see education as a real point of differentiation. Um, we have the Certified fran Franchising Executive, which we've taken from the US um, and we've, we've customised and implemented in Australia. And I would like to see that as the framework or the backbone of an of a educational um, uh, opportunity for franchisees, franchisors to come in, get the education they need, both foundational, I would say, um, sort of the professional and continuing, and then create opportunities for franchisors and franchisees to give back, either through mentoring or, or um, informal networks, CES or Chief Executive Syndicate forums, where there's this sharing of all the knowledge they've learned. So, in summary, you know, I think we, we 
we can advocate better, um, we can build that sense of community and we can um, play a role in educating um, the, the franchise sector. That's fantastic. I'm so excited hearing those words because uh, I, I became involved in franchising in 82 and what amazed me having run my own businesses was the camaraderie amongst franchisees at that stage. Yep. We shared. And then through the FCA, which I joined, I suppose, in the late 80s, or the Franchise Association in those days, yes, it, it's amazing the, the sort of magnetic nature and the generosity. So when you look at the pool works of this world and the McDonald's, they are there with a social purpose. Yep. And that creates a commercial model. So, and look, I think that's what I respect what, you've, what you're doing and the experience you've got, I think, will prove to be invaluable because the, the FCA over the years inevitably, like a lot of professional bodies, has its ups and downs and finding new life and energy mm. can be difficult. Yep. So um, I rather envy your position. On the other hand, <laughs> I'm rather glad I haven't got it <laughs> as a responsibility. <laughs> so that's fantastic to hear, thank you. So um, w what do you see at, um, as the Franchise Council's biggest strengths from that point of view? Well, I, I think community. Community, um, yeah. I think at the end of the day, our strengths are our membership. Um, and you know, one of our focuses is to ensure that we can best represent the sector. And that means we have to, I think, deliver programs uh, that are valued. Uh, um, we have to communicate in a way that uh, allows our franchisors to be our champions. Um, and also, you know, we have a, 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 an interesting community and there are some tensions in the community. So we have you know, predominantly franchisors that are, are our members and we have, as by virtue of that membership, uh, their franchisees are members of the FCA as well. Um, I, I think our challenge is to create some relevance and value for franchisees mm. so that they can leverage from, from being a part of the FCA. Um, and we also have our corporate um, supplier and, and service organisations that also form part of our membership. And I think the, the challenge for us in that space is to make sure that we understand their needs, tap into them and create situations for them all to, to come together. Um, and I think probably, you know, celebrating franchising as a way of doing business, focusing on that as an outcome and um, moving the whole, you know, franchising system forward. Um, that is probably one of the key things and one of the key strengths. So there's some opportunity. Yeah. We're not quite there yet. No. Um, but I think we've got a great foundation in that sense of community to move forward. And if I look back just more recently at our Next Gen program, that's probably um, a really good example of, of the sort of community that I'm talking about. So Next Gen, for your listeners, um, it was a competition that was run in the US and Australia entered it as part of one of 20 other countries. We had um, a, about 20 odd applications from young entrepreneurs who wanted their systems assessed and, and to, to compete. Um, we ended up with three finalists at our national uh, franchising convention last year and the Americans through the International Franchising Association chose all three to participate in their conference, um, which has just been completed in February. That was sponsored by the Hall of Fame, and there's a really nice, interesting synergy there where the Hall of Fame uh, are getting involved and giving back to the new generation of franchising. Now, as a community, everyone got behind them. So we had 50 delegates in, in the US that attended the IFA, all supporting uh, you know, those three brands. Uh, we were lucky to have three in the top 18 and we ended up with one in the top three. And they all represented franchising uh, in Australia uh, very proudly and very professionally. 
and it, the community that got behind them, that community spirit, is really, I think, the strength of the SCA. That's, that's fantastic. And I, I think the, the CFA, the education program you mentioned, is a great initiative. And I, I, I can see I've been looking at that a little bit closely lately, the potential for that. Yeah. for not just franchise, current franchisors, but also new, embracing new people coming into the, into the sector is critically important. Um, so putting it bluntly, what do you get for being a member? What, what are the <laughs> member benefits? Um, <laughs> look, that's a question we get all the time. And I think um, we offer a range of services. So it, it is building that sense of community. It is, you know, we are the only organisation that is there advocating on behalf of franchising. Um, you know, more recently, with the reform, recent the, the reforms that the government's proposing um, around the issues that have, uh, have occurred because of the, um, the the fair work or exploited workers issues, um, we've been there front and centre, um, involved um, discussing the, the reforms with the department and and the minister. Um, there are other organisations that will look after small business, but the, the FCA is the only one that's focused on the issues associated with franchising. Um, so that's probably the key thing, and, and again, talking to members, they want information, they want to be kept up to date, and, and we try and meet that need. Um, the second thing is that we celebrate success. We have an awards program, um, and members value that. Members that look at the awards program see this as a way of showcasing their brand and also celebrating the success of their franchisees with their regional awards. And so once someone joins their organisation, they're entitled to participate in that. Um, is it a bit of work? Yes, it is. Mm. But what we hear back from the, the participants who have gone through it is it's actually a bit of a health check on their business. Um, it gives them some opportunity to step back and focus on um, really understanding what they're doing and how they're doing it so that that retrospection not only helps them, uh, I guess, more immediately, but can allow them to showcase them, their franchisees and their brand more formally through an awards process. And s we get members joining solely to access the, those awards. Um, and I think the, the other two key things, you mentioned the education, there are some organisations that want to join because they like the, the whole CFE program. But I think the big one is this sense of network. So mm. um, tapping into our chief exec executive syndicates that we have operating in Sydney and Melbourne. Um, we're about to start one in Brisbane. Um, so we're currently looking at and recruiting for a chair uh, for the Brisbane co um, uh, CES community, um, but also the state chapters. So the state, the work that they're doing with their breakfasts and their lunch uh, forums, their CEO forums to engage with the businesses there. So it, it is that bringing together of informing and connecting uh, people who are operating in the franchising sector. I might say at this point that if you are a franchisor and you're not in the FCA, or you're thinking seriously about franchising, going along to a chapter breakfast is a great idea. Isn't it? It's a chance to actually put your foot in the water and meet the community because they are very, very friendly yep. and uh, they have some great topics. So well, and to helpful. your point about the generosity, um, my observation is that people have an idea, they want to talk about franchising. If they get along to these breakfasts or you know, contact the state chapters or contact us at the head office, we can help connect. Uh, and so part of our role is to form those connections and, and put people in touch with somebody who can talk to them and give them some assistance. Thank you for that. That's, that's really comprehensive and I, I appreciate the detail. So where do you, I said looking at the future, I, I'm, I'm obviously a, a big uh, franchise advocate. 
um, having been heavily involved for many years. And I look um, often, and you know, my view is that franchising could double in this country and it wouldn't mm. be an embarrassment. The, the opportunity for creating employment and so forth, uh, giving people wealth and job satisfaction is, is uh, just un, unbounded. But uh, what's your view from the point of view of franchising in the future? Where do you see it going? Um, look, it's an interesting question. Um, and I come at this from an outsider's perspective. Mm. So there are wiser heads in franchising than mine and, and they may have differing sort of opinions. Um, if you think about franchising traditionally and you read some of the literature, it, it's quite parental in some of the, the, the guidance. It's, it's quite, there's a franchisor that looks after their franchisees. Um, as I talk to some of the younger systems and, and um, get a sense of, of the new franchise models coming out, I get a different sense. I, I get a, a sense that that's shifted. This, this um, under, better understanding that for a franchisor to be successful, they need good, successful franchisees comes through more and more in the conversations. Um, and I think there's more attention being paid to those relationships that exist between a franchisor and a franchisee. And I'm starting to get a sense that sort of systems are now looking at, at being more networks than perhaps a traditional sort of hierarchical model of, of a franchisor with, with a network of franchisees underneath them. So I think that's my first observation and you know, what are the two key attributes that you need these days? You need to be adaptable and flexible. And so any system that's being created or, or thought about or evolved, it's that adaptability and flexibility um, which people have to start to think about how do we make that happen. Um, the interesting thing too is what's happening with the next generation of franchisees. Um, you know, we talk about millennials and the type of people that are coming up, and, and it didn't matter whether it was baby boomers or the egg gen X or gen Y, <laughs> there's this conversation about, about people as they've come up through these generations. Um, how is franchising going to cope with, with the next generation? Um, and I suspect the model has to adapt. Um, there are other disruptions. So, you know, I've come out of an industry where um, uh, disruption is, is rife. You know, in the, in the financial sector, disruption is the key buzzword and has been for some years. But I see that franchising is not immune to disruption. Um, and so I think franchisors need to really be constantly reviewing, thinking, innovating internally, um, because if they don't innovate, somebody else will. Yeah, and that's the challenge. Mm. I, I think I think uh, disruption is food for uh, franchising because yep. franchising in itself, to my mind, is a disruptor. Right back to the Singer sewing machine in the 1800s, yeah. and, uh, and and it's the opportunity for an existing franchise or a new business to actually go back to a sheet of paper and say, how can we make this simple and how can we start again? Mm. And today, because there's such amazing support platforms available, what's out there and what can we do? and how can we do it better? And it's quite staggering, isn't it? Yes. What, what people achieve, even if we look in our own offices. Um, so that's my little, uh, my little segment there. So, but we're interviewing you, not me. So um, from the point of view of leadership, could you pinpoint three things that you think are the most important for a leader? Um, that's, that's a difficult one. Um, for me, it's probably, and you know, everyone's different and everyone has just different styles of leadership. Um, for me, it's probably a, a, an open mindset 
Um, I know my kids hate the term. Um, they're going through it at school between you know growth mindset and closed mindset. Um, but I think a growth mindset is important. Um, I think a focus on people. Um, you know, if, if we are going to deliver, so if the FCA is going to deliver on its agenda, um, I've got to focus on my team. I've got to make sure I've got the right people working effectively and, and um, working um, for all the right reasons. Um, so I think it, it, it is a focus on people. Um, for me, there's also an element of, of what I would call servant leadership. Um, so that's the uh, how can I help instead of do as I say. Mm, yeah. um, and so I'm a, a big sort of believer on that servant le leadership uh, model, particularly in the service industry. You know, we are here to serve the members' needs. Um, doesn't mean we can do everything, but we have to start to focus on, on that as, a, a, I think, a way of, of, of operating. Yes, it's the Simon Sinek story of leaders eat last, of the, yes. the concept of actually being there to inspire people. Yeah. and have a self-reliance and I think the term of franchise partners is a very good one that applies across yes. the sector between franchisors and franchisees. So we talk about leadership, I mean there's lots of famous leaders, people mm. we've seen who've won world wars and so on and businessmen that have been quite extraordinary. Who do you see as perhaps some of the most successful leaders in the world today? That Wow. Um, one that immediately comes to mind for me um, is Al Gore. Um, why do I think of Al Gore? Um, one of the things I've done and sort of have been interested in is the whole, um, won't get political for your readers, um, but the whole climate change thing. Um, and I saw Inconvenient Truth as a movie. I, um, I flew to Jakarta and became a, a climate change presenter and was trained as part of that program. Um, and I've mentored um, uh, in 2014 when Al Gore came out here as part of, a, again, another program educating the next, um, I guess, group of, of climate change presenters. Um, and, you know, whether you believe in the climate change um, science and the, and the message or not, I think listening to Al Gore, he, he would speak on the third, second day of the, each program. He'd start at 8 o'clock and he would finish at 8 o'clock at night and he was riveting. Um, and he was charismatic, funny, inspirational. Uh, he used story really, really effectively. Mm -hmm. um, and so I look at that as a model of, you know, how do you galvanise and, and create change? And I think Al Gore's done a, a great job in, in at least bringing some attention to the issue of climate change. And, and you know, it'll be interesting to see where that goes, but um, as a leader, I thought he's done a fantastic job. Um, there are sort of, I think there are leaders everywhere and obviously that's one that's out there. But I look at some of the leaders that I've worked with in, in my career. So people who have, um, I guess, inspired me to do better, um, who have um, had honest uh, conversations, who have um, sort of counselled, nudged, coached, guided um, and at the end of the day, they've stood behind the success that we've been able to generate. And, and they're the sort of, that's the sort of leadership that I look at. And there's a couple of people in my life I could say, look, you know, they've been very influential. So it's not necessarily always the big role models. Mm. Um, I think if we stop and reflect on the people that have helped us along the way, uh, they're just as important. Uh, so they're, they're the mentors, really, that you, you may not even deal with day to day, but who serve to inspire you and lead you. Yeah. By principle, I suppose. Yes, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, exactly. excellent. We've covered a lot of material, so I don't want to double track, but one question I had here, um, what do you think the FCA should provide to the franchise industry and what does it do currently? What should we provide? Mm. Um, Oh, there's a couple of ideas I've got. Um, <laughs> maybe this is not the platform. Um, I, I look at some of the programs that the, that the US are focused on, um, and the one that strikes me as being quite powerful and, and helps with the advocacy piece is actually capturing the story. And we talk about leaders and using the use of story. There are, you know, we've got, what, 1,120 franchise systems in Australia. Well, there's 1,120 stories. Of, of how those franchisors have come to be and, and what they are doing. There's stories within each of their businesses, you know, how a franchisee succeeded, what has been um, their challenges, why have they, you know, elected to go into franchising and be part of, of a small business community. Um, and I think there's a piece of work there to actually tap into those rich stories and start to, one, celebrate them, two, communicate them. Um, and in doing so, influence uh, people's understanding of, of franchising. Um, and I think if we can get those stories out and we can influence broader understanding of, of franchising as a, an effective way of, of getting into small business, um, as an alternative for people who are coming through the school system when they're looking at, at you know, they've got an idea, they look at franchising as, a, as an option um, in, in growing their business. Um, but getting that, that human interest stuff out there is really, really critical. And I think the other part of that is that franchisors do so much, not only their businesses, but you know, at the, at the conference last year, we talked a little bit about Sembreros and the interaction that mm. my, my daughter had had with Sembreros and, and the, the influence of a 10 minute conversation um, on somebody who's thinking of careers. Um, but also, you know, the, the social good that they do. So there are lots of, of franchise systems that are giving back to their local communities, giving back to um, broader communities, both national and international. Um, and getting a, a, a lens on that, getting a look at what that might look like. So if we go to Canberra or we're talking to the media, if we can say, well, here's the economic numbers around franchising, but here's the, the, the social capital that franchising brings to local communities, then that's, I think, starts to, one, again, celebrate and communicate franchising as a, as a way of doing business. I agree, I think, that, I think that social side, the community side, is really the, the time of the future. I think it's, yeah. it's what's really gonna happen over the next five years. And yeah. uh, yes, it's organisations like the FCA can help drive that, give people the initiative, yeah. Um, if you wanted to launch a franchise group, what would be your handful of tips? What would you say the way to go about it? Um, Probably the first thing I th that comes to my mind is wise counsel. Um, we all get um, emotionally charged and wedded to particular ideas. And you know, if you're wedded to your concept and you want to grow it and you're passionate about it, somehow you have to get outside of that, that problem, it's not a problem, but outside of that intent and start to look at it with, a, I guess, a, a clearer view and a clearer lens. Um, so seeking wise counsel, either from franchisors who have done it, um, but also from the, the um, specialists that exist in the, in the industry that can actually help them 
uh, on their journey. Um, it's not a, a, an easy idea, you know, you talk to some franchisors about their journey, their idea is great, but it still takes time. Um, you might want to rush off and open 50 stores, but actually Count Weiss Council might say, do five, then six, then seven, then ten. Um, so I, I think it's really make sure that you've got people around you that can give you sound advice, um, guide you on your way uh, as a new franchisor, um, and by all means, come to the FCA and we, we'll, we've got resources and materials that we can um, uh, point people to um, and or supply and help perhaps connect them um, with, with those additional people that might be able to assist yeah. them. Yeah, I think serving as a conduit for that is an yeah. essential role of the SCA. Yeah. yeah, and the more it can be recognised, the more people will benefit from yes, it. Yes, I think so. Um, so, when we come to selecting franchisees, this this really over the ages has been <laughs> has been the challenge, and yeah. unfortunately, it's manifested from time to time when someone doesn't pick the right franchisee. Uh, circumstances change, yeah. but yeah. what would be your key sort of points from that point of view that you would recommend to a franchisor? Um, it's, it's a bit of both. Um, you know, if you're looking, talking to a franchisee, uh, I don't want to use the term marriage, it's the wrong thing, but we're forming a relationship and a partnership. Um, so the, the relationship and the partnership basically have to be right. If you've got a, a franchisor that doesn't fit with a franchisee or vice versa, you're making a lot of work for yourselves, both ways. Mm. Um, and in talking to some of our members and we talk about recruitment, um, it's okay to say, as a franchisor, it's okay to say no. If you've, you've got franchisees and they're applying, there's a temptation to bring them on board, particularly when you're starting up. Uh, but all the counsel I've heard is take your time, make sure you've got a good fit, um, look for you know, values and culture that are aligned um, because that's going to, I guess, increase the likelihood of success. Um, and it, interestingly, when you talk to the startup systems, it's often the first few franchisees they sign up that actually become more problematic because you're in a hurry, you want the numbers, you want to get them on board, um, but you, you probably haven't quite worked out the fit and you work the fit out over time and then um, sometimes you end up with, with some franchisees that uh, probably haven't either, either transitioned or um, we're, we're never quite there in the first instance. So. Yeah, so with a startup, that can be a challenge. Yeah. And uh, I think it, it is uh, determining who your avatar really is. And if, as you say, if they, don't, if they don't match the profile, lovely to met you, have met you, but another time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, look, I think we've got some tremendous information. I'm really delighted. Uh, I think it's a fa been a fabulous uh, discussion we've had. Uh, I've got a question, though. Um, you, came up earlier in conversation that uh, you had been learning to sail. What sort of yep. boats are you looking to sail and what's uh, your ambition in a boat then, Damien? We, we've got a, a bit of a, you know, I'd say five, it's probably ten year plan and my partner and I really want to sail the Croatian Islands. Um, so we recently got married, we got in November, and um, so we had a, a quite a, a different honeymoon period. We bas basically signed up to do a, a competent crew course and um, we lived aboard with some total strangers for a week while we learned to sail. Um, and we joined a sailing community in, here in Victoria at, at, at where we live um, just to start to fulfil that dream. And we've got some goals that will work along the way, but the end game is to be able to um, you know, take some holidays and, uh, and go and sail the Croatian islands. Um, not forever, but 
just to experience that. And, and uh, in terms of boats, it, it's mono hull. We haven't been converted to catamarans yet, um, although they tell me that that will come with age. So <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. All right, interesting stuff. Well, look, it's been a privilege having you here today. I really do appreciate it. I hope everybody has got some really worthwhile knowledge from our conversation. I will give you a last opportunity. Anything? As, an, as a final point you'd like to add that you think you may have overlooked, Damien? Um, look, I guess my only thing I would say is that, you know, the Franchise Council's been around for nearly 35, 34 years. Next year we celebrate 35. We'd really like um, to be able to, to go to government and say that we represent the franchising sector uh, more fully. And I guess that means that we need to engage with more members that, that are in the franchising sector, um, and, well not members, but organisations that are in the franchising sector um, and I'd like them to come and have a conversation with us as to the benefits of joining the FCA. Um, I think we're, we've got a, a new executive chair, we've got an energised board, um, we're, we're building upon the work that's gone before and I think the next three years will be really exciting and I'd really welcome uh, organisations who haven't get jumped on board coming to have a conversation. Well I can certainly endorse there is a high energy that's emerged and that's tremendous and uh, there's your invitation. If you think franchising is of interest to you, you're in franchising, come along, have a chat to the FCA and just see what they can perhaps do for you. So um, thanks very much indeed again. As I say, I'd like to really express my gratitude to Damien and I'm just signing off and saying catch up with you with our next Franchise Radio Show. <laughs>